Eric the Red's Saga Anonymous Read for LibriVox.org By Julian Jameson Chapter 6 There was a man named Thorfinn Karlsefni, son of Thord Horsehead, who dwelt in the north of Iceland, at Reininis in Skagafjordr, as it is now called. Karlsefni was a man of good family, and very rich. His mother's name was Thorun. He engaged in trading journeys, and seemed a goodly, bold, and gallant traveller. One summer Karlsefni prepared his ship, intending to go to Greenland. Snorri, Thorbrand's son, from Alptafjordr, resolved to travel with him, and there were thirty men in the company. There was a man named Bjarni, Grimolf's son, a man of Breithafjordr, or Broadfirth, another called Thorhall, son of Gamli, a man from the east of Iceland. They prepared their ship the very same summer as Karlsefni, with intent also to go to Greenland. They had in the ship forty men. The two ships launched out into the open sea as soon as they were ready. It is not recorded how long a voyage they had. But after this, I have to tell you that both these ships came to Eric's fjordr about autumn. Eric rode down to the ships with other men of the land, and a market fair was promptly instituted. The captains invited Gudrid to take such of the merchandise as she wished, and Eric displayed on his part much magnificence in return, inasmuch as he invited both these ships' companies home with him to pass the winter in Bratachlid. The merchants accepted the invitation, and went home with Eric. Afterwards their merchandise was removed to Bratachlid, where a good and large outhouse was not lacking in which to store the goods. The merchants were well pleased to stay with Eric during the winter. When now Yule was drawing nigh, Eric began to look more gloomy than he was wont to be. Presently Karlsefni entered into conversation with him, and said, Art thou in trouble, Eric? It appears to me that thou art somewhat more taciturn than thou hast been. Still thou helpest us with much liberality, and we are bound to reward thee according as we have means thereto. Say now what causes thy cheerlessness. Eric answered, You receive hospitality well, and like worthy men. Now I have no mind that our intercourse together should be expensive to you. But so it is, that it will seem to me an ill thing, if it is heard that you never spent a worse yule than this, just now beginning, when Eric the Red entertained you at Bratachlid in Greenland. Karlsefni answered, It must not come to such a pass. We have in our ships malt, meal, and corn, and you have right and title to take therefrom whatever you wish, and to make your entertainment such as consorts with your munificence. And Eric accepted the offer. Then was preparation made for the Yule feast, and so magnificent was it that the men thought they had scarcely ever seen so grand a feast. And after Yule, Karlsefni broached to Eric the subject of a marriage with Gudrid, which he thought might be under Eric's control, and the woman appeared to him to be both beautiful and of excellent understanding. Eric answered, and said that for his part he would willingly undertake his suit, and said, moreover, that she was worthy of a good match. It is also likely, he thought, that she will be following out her destiny, should she be given to him. And, moreover, the report which comes to me of him is good. 
The proposals were now laid before her, and she allowed the marriage with her to be arranged, which Eric wished to promote. However, I will not now speak at length how this marriage took place. The Yule festival was prolonged, and made into a marriage feast. Great joy was there in Bratachlith during the winter. Much playing at backgammon and telling of stories went on, and many things were done that ministered to the comfort of the household. CHAPTER Seven. During this time much talk took place in Bratachlith about making ready to go to Vinland the Good, and it was asserted that they would there find good choice lands. The discourse came to such conclusion that Karlsefni and Snorri prepared their ship, with the intention of seeking Vinland during the summer. Bjarni and Thorhall ventured on the same expedition, with their ship, and the retinue which had accompanied them. There was a man named Thorvald. He was a son-in-law of Eric the Red. Thorhall was called the sportsman. He had for a long time been Eric's companion in hunting and fishing expeditions during the summers, and many things had been committed to his keeping. Thorhall was a big man, dark, and of gaunt appearance, rather advanced in years, overbearing in temper, of melancholy mood, silent at all times, underhand in his dealings, and withal given to abuse, and always inclined towards the worst. He had kept himself aloof from the true faith when it came to Greenland. He was but little encompassed with the love of friends, but yet Eric had long held conversation with him. He went in the ship with Thorvald and his man, because he was widely acquainted with the unpeopled districts. They had the ship which Thorbjorn had brought to Greenland, and they ventured on the expedition with Karlsefni and the others, and most of them in this ship were Greenlanders. There were one hundred and sixty men in their ships. They sailed away from land, then to the Vestribygs and to Bjarneyar, the Bear Islands. Thence they sailed away from Bjarneyar with northerly winds. They were out at sea two half-days. Then they came to land, and rowed along it in boats, and explored it, and found there flat stones, many and so great that two men might well lie on them, stretched on their backs with heel to heel. Polar foxes were there in abundance. This land they gave name to, and called it Helluland, or Stone-land. Then they sailed with northerly winds two half-days, and there was then land before them, and on it a great forest, and many wild beasts. An island lay in the southeast off the land, and they found bears thereon, and called the island Bjarne, or Bear Island. But the mainland, where the forest was, they called Markland, Forest Land. Then, when two half-days were passed, they saw land, and sailed under it. There was a cape to which they came. They cruised along the land, leaving it on the starboard side. There was a harbourless coastland, and long sandy strands. They went to the land in boats, and found the keel of a ship, and called the place Kjalnarnes, or Kielness. They gave also name to the strands, calling them Ferdustrandir, or Wonder Shore, because it was tedious to sail by them. Then the coast became indented with creeks, and they directed their ships along the creeks. Now before this, when Leif was with King Olaf Tryggvason, and the king had requested him to preach Christianity in Greenland, he gave him two Scotch people, the man called Haki, and the woman called Haikja. 
the king requested Leif to have recourse to these people if ever he should want fleetness, because they were swifter than wild beasts. Eric and Leif had got these people to go with Karlsefni. Now, when they had sailed by Furdustrandir, they put the Scotch people on land, and requested them to run into the southern regions, seek for choice land, and come back after three half-days were passed. They were dressed in such wise that they had on the garment which they called Biafel. It was made with a hood at the top, open at the sides, without sleeves, and was fastened between the legs. A button and a loop held it together there, and elsewhere they were without clothing. Then did they cast anchors from the ships, and lay there to wait for them. And when three days were expired, the Scotch people leapt down from the land, and one of them had in his hand a bunch of grapes, and the other an ear of wild wheat. They said to Karlsefni that they considered they had found good and choice land. Then they received them into their ship, and proceeded on their journey to where the shore was cut into by a firth. They directed the ships within the firth. There was an island lying out in front of the firth, and there were great currents around the island, which they called Straumse, or Stream Island. There were so many birds on it that scarcely was it possible to put one's feet down for the eggs. They continued their course up the firth, which they called Straumsfjordr, and carried their cargo ashore from the ships, and there they prepared to stay. They had with them cattle of all kinds, and for themselves they sought out the produce of the land thereabout. There were mountains, and the place was fair to look upon. They gave no heed to anything except to explore the land, and they found large pastures. They remained there during the winter, which happened to be a hard one, with no work doing, and they were badly off for food, and the fishing failed. Then they went out to the island, hoping that something might be got there from fishing, or from what was drifted ashore. In that spot there was little, however, to be got for food, but their cattle found good sustenance. After that they called upon God, praying that he would send them some little store of meat, but their prayer was not so soon granted as they were eager that it should be. Thorhall disappeared from sight, and they went to seek him, and sought for three half-days continuously. On the fourth half-day, Karlsefni and Bjarni found him on the peak of a crag. He lay with his face to the sky, with both eyes and mouth and nostrils wide open, clawing and pinching himself, and reciting something. They asked why he had come there. He replied that it was of no importance, begged them not to wonder thereat. As for himself, he had lived so long, they needed not to take any account of him. They begged him to go home with them, and he did so. A little while after, a whale was driven ashore, and the men crowded round it, and cut it up, and still they knew not what kind of whale it was. Even Karlsefni recognized it not, though he had great knowledge of whales. It was cooked by the cook-boys, and they ate thereof, though bad effects came upon all from it afterwards. Then began Thorhall, and said, Has it not been that the red beard has proved a better friend than your Christ? This was my gift for the poetry which I composed about Thor, my patron. Seldom has he failed me. Now when the men knew that, none of them would eat of it, and they threw it down from the rocks, and turned with their supplications to God's mercy. Then was granted to them opportunity of fishing, and after that there was no lack of food that spring. They went back again from the island, within Straumsfjordr, and obtained food from both sides, from hunting on the mainland, and from gathering eggs, and from fishing on the side of the sea.
End of chapter 7